that this year is going to be a different year is an year of takeoff. And the word was coined the year of taking off. We are taking off. But the question is, where are we taking off to? And how are we taking off? I'm sure many of you are asking those questions. How are we taking off? What is this takeoff about? And then the Lord spoke to us again and reminded us the scripture that he has given us. It's not a new scripture. It's a scripture that has been with us for the last couple of, I think two or three years or something like that. Forgetting the former things. And it has been building. Uh, I remember uh, it was um, last year, July, when I visited uh, a church in Kampara. And that word again came through um, the book of Exodus, chapter 12, from verse 1. Um, this month is the beginning of the months for you. In other words, it's a season, and we say it is a season that we have entered. We have entered that season. I like it. This month shall be. This month shall be what? You are beginning of months. Hallelujah. That was a prophetic word that God released to us. Last year, July. We are running with it. And then, come to the beginning of the year and it's, okay, let me finish that. This month shall be your beginning of the month. Hallelujah. In other words, there are a couple of months ahead of us. And we say it, that we normally use the, what they call the Gregorian calendar. But God does not use that. That calendar is man-made. God has got his own calendar. And you know, God's calendar is not our calendar. So when he says this month, hallelujah, is the beginning of months. Please do not count one to January, from January to December and say 12 months are over. My months have been finished. No, 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 no. Those are your months. God's months continues. Amen? You know why? Because even before you were formed in your mother's womb, the Bible says that he knew you. In other words, he still had a plan before you came to this world, Mama Mwangi. Even before Stephen met you, that God had seen you and had prepared you for Stephen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's how our, our God is. So, really, it's, let's, for, for, let's not be constrained with time. And some of us are so concerned that time is running out. You know, we look at the projects that we have started. We look at our ages and we, it's like things are not working. No, 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 please. That's your time, okay? You're the only one who knows you are 30, 40, 50 years old. As far as God is concerned, you have not even probably started from, he hasn't started with you yet. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you this morning. Please, you are more than what you think you are in the eyes of God. God has got a better plan for you than the plan that you have for yourself. I know this is the beginning of the month and we have got plans. We have put plans. We have written goals and objectives. And it is okay because we are human. But let me show you. God in heaven has already... Just even before the beginning of January, God had the blueprint for you. He made it before you even came into the world. You know why I like God? Imagine, even the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. That he prepared for our redemption before even he created the earth. You know, there are some things that as a Christian you need to, to know. There are some revelation you need to get. Because the moment you start getting this kind of revelation, then worries and fears should not be part of you. Because if God, before the foundation of the world, sacrificed His Son for your redemption, in other words, He prepared for you before you came. He prepared for you before you. He thought about you even before you were born. Before he created things, he had thought about you. Praise the Lord. Therefore, you are not an accident. Amen? You are important in the eyes of God. And that's why 
you need to understand that there is a place that God is taking you. God is taking us. Amen? And when he says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Can't you see it? Then he tells you, forget the former things. Isaiah 4 to 3. Thank God. You know, now you are so familiar. I'm sure you guys are going to add a pastor. Kwa ni ukuwagi na neno ingine. Niko na ingine na ingine na ingine. But this one, we need to push it until you understand the season that we are in and what God wants to do with you. Hallelujah. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? That's where the problem is. We said it. The problem is there. Because God has already purpose. God has already decided. But you and I are not able to know it. He is asking this question. Shall you know it? Are you aware, team, that a process has already started? Are you aware, Florence, that yesterday is gone and God is no longer thinking about yesterday? He is already in today and He is looking into the future. But you are still looking at the yesterday. Yesteryears. You are still, some of you have not even familiarized that it is 2018. You are still lighting your check. You get the date, the date correct, you get the month correct, but when it comes to the year, 17. You know what? Familiarity. Been used to. And that's the other danger. And I'll be coming to that. Familiarity. And the things we are used to. They are hindrance to our progress. And that's why the Lord is saying, Behold, I am doing a new thing. There is something new that God is doing. But, how many of us are able to know it? How many of us are able to see it? Or we are still thinking about the miracles that he performed when we are coming out of Egypt. If you read before the, the previous phases, he talks about crossing the Red Sea. He talks about the journey. But he's telling them, forget those miracles. Forget what you saw. Because what is coming cannot be compared with what you have seen before. What you have experienced cannot be compared with what you are just about to experience. But you must be able to release yourself from the past and accept that the past is no longer with me. I am moving on. The task that you have won, the identity that you have all carried all through that has spoken to you with all the limitations and people have known you for that. They have even called you names. They have nicknamed you. Because of the task that you carry. But today the Lord would speak to us. And say behold. I have come. And. We have entered. Into another season. Why are we taking off? We are taking off. Because for you. To be able to move. To the next dest destination. You need to leave. Where you are. So that you can move to the new destination, isn't it? That's why, so it's not a, that we just coined the world. No. We are using what you are familiar with. And what can speak to you so that you can understand that we are, it is not business as usual. Alright? And it is not, and you see when you use the word take off, it's, it's more serious than it's just saying that I am going or we are moving. Taking off is different. It means I have decided. I am not turning back. I have made up my mind. I am prepared for what is ahead of me. 
And the question I need to ask us today, and I've asked this again and again, how many of us are prepared? How many of us are ready to lay off the old? Because the old is your greatest enemy. How many are ready to lay off the old? How many are still dwelling on past achievements? How many are still looking at the failures they made? Because it's not just achievements that can be an impediment. Even the mistakes, the failures, the pains can also be an impediment to where we are going. And that's why the Lord is saying, Now, look, I am the Lord your God. I have entered you into a new season. This season is new. It is not a normal season. And I'm saying this, that this is not a normal season. Please, this is not the, 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 the beginning of the year normal summons that we hear. Praise the Lord. May the Lord give you a revelation. Because there is something that has shifted. Amen? And things are no longer the same. And that's why the Lord is asking, are there people here who can be able to see? Can you perceive? Do you have the revelation? Can you feel it? Can you see it in the spirit? Can you see what God is doing? Or you are still ordinary, thinking no more, walking no more, behaving no more. There are some times that abnormality is good. Praise the Lord. There are times that abnormality is good because no more can be an enemy. Because no more will tell you, no, 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 you cannot do that. We are not, that's not the normal way of doing it. Isn't it? That's not the normal way of. Yet God has come with a new thing. But because we are used to this normal way of doing things, we cannot be able to see it. Now turn with me in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 14. Um, where is this? 16, yes. Okay, from verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And rolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the ear of the Lord's favor. Six things that Jesus was going to do. And he appears, he, he goes to Nazareth. And Nazareth is his, his hometown where he was born. Then the Bible says, he rolled up the scroll, or he closed the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogues were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today, this scripture is done what? Fulfilled in your healing. And of course, they waited. And the Bible tells us, verse 22, All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. All spoke well of him and they were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. But, there is a rider there. Isn't this? Come on, can, can we all read? Isn't this? 
Joseph's son? They asked. That's where the problem is and started. Before they didn't have a problem, he took the scroll, went to the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. He read the, prophet, the prophecy that was written by Isaiah about him. And all through, they are happy with the reading because he's reading what they are familiar with, what they are used Sunday after Sunday, or Sabbath after Sabbath, they would take the scroll, they would read the scripture, they would read the prophetic, prophet's words, and then they would probably sing and go home. They did that years after years. But this particular Sabbath day, is not a normal one. The one spoken about, the one they have read about for years is now in their midst. The only problem is that they don't know him. So he appears and tells them, this, today, this scripture, this prophecy, that you have read again and again, and you've been waiting for the fulfillment of the same, because the Jews were waiting for the fulfillment of that. They were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for the day that he will appear, and their lives will change. They had that hope. But now he appears. But the, they don't know him. But we are told they spoke well of him. And they were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. In other words, there was a, such an anointing upon him. That's what amazed them. They must have felt this is not ordinary leading. The way we have heard, and I want to believe it, because if the word, and I hope you understand what I mean here, in the beginning was, and the word was, and the word was, and now the word is in the temple with them, is in the synagogue. And the word has picked the word that they have read years and years again and again. And the word now speaks the word. And they were amazed. Why were they amazed? There was something that was unique. There was a message that was coming across. There was a revelation that was to be revealed to them. There was a stage set for takeoff. The captain is in the house. The aircraft is ready. It's the time to take off. But there's a problem. Yes, we are amazed. Yes, we can feel there is something new. Yes, there is a place that we seem to be, to be going. And we want to go there. But who is taking us? That's the question. Isn't it this? Isn't it this? Joseph's. Son, they asked. That's where the problem is. And that's why we cannot progress until we have dealt with the familiar, former things that we are used to. 
Because they are a big barrier to us moving forward. Probably, if it was someone else that they didn't know who had come from Egypt or from another land and came and read that message and told them today, this scripture has been fulfilled. I am the one that you've been waiting for. And he was lying to them. They would probably would have fallen very fast. Because this one we have never seen. This one is not familiar. This one we are not used to. This one is a new thing that we've been waiting for. Praise God. The new thing may not come the way you expect. That's where the problem is. The new thing may just be within you. It may be next to you. It may be something that you are aware already about. But will you be able? Shall you know it? Shall you be able to see it? You need to ask yourself those questions. What is it? Is there something that God you are saying to me in this congregation today is there something, God, that you've been saying to me all these years? Is there something that, God, you've spoken to me about, but I've missed? I need to know it, Lord. I don't want to be familiar. These guys missed. And remember, he had come and pronounced six great things that he was going to do. And they were going to be the beneficiary of those things. He said, I've come to preach the gospel to the poor. Did they have poor people among them? Were they not the ones that were poor? And when I mean the poor, poverty, I'm not just talking about uh, poverty of lack of material things. When we do not know God, when we have no revelation of who the Son of God is, we are poor. And when he comes, he comes to preach to those that are poor, those that are hungry. And they were in their midst. Did they get him? I'm not sure. The other one, he came to heal the brokenhearted. This new thing, this new person who has appeared, has come with a solution to the brokenhearted. Did they have brokenhearted people in their congregation? I believe they had brokenhearted people. Do we have brokenhearted people in this house today? I believe we have them. Do we have brokenhearted people in our nation today? I believe we have them. Do we have brokenhearted people in the world today? I believe with all my heart that the world has more broken people than it has ever had before. Does the world need the new thing? Yes, the world needs the new thing. Does the world need to forget the former things? Yes, the world needs to forget the former things. Because the former things that the world is used to has been a barrier. They are bright. They cannot see. But what happens? That thing he came to do, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Did they have people who are in captivity? Yes, very many, including the same people that we are listening to him that particular hour. They were in captivity. They were blind, they could not be able to see. They were in captivity, held by the devil with their former knowledge of the scriptures, former knowledge of the law, with their usual ways of doing things, habits of going to the temples, Saturday or Sabbath after Sabbath, pretending to be law keepers following the law, but breaking it at their convenience, Religious people. But still, God's people 
loved and chosen by him. They were in captivity. Did they get help? No. You will see that in the scripture as we proceed. Recovery of sight to the blind. Were there blind people in that congregation? Church, were there blind people? I believe there were. There could have even been physical blindness. And more so, there was a spiritual blindness. Because for years and years, though they were Jews, Jacob's children, they had lost their identity. They were in captivities. They were being ruled by Romans. The ones that are supposed to rule the world, the ones that are supposed to govern and guide the entire world, they were now being ruled by Romans. And he comes to them. Read the prophecy. Tell them the six things he's about to do. But, yes, we are missed. The way he read, even the way he appeared, is unique. But, isn't this Joseph's son? That's where the problem is. Isn't this Joseph's son? The fifth thing that he had come to do, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Did they have oppressed people? Very, they were actually themselves oppressed already. They had a king, they had a ruler who was not of their origin. In their own country, but being governed by foreigners. Are they not oppressed? They are oppressed. Physically. Spiritually. But, yes, we need freedom. But, this one, what kind of freedom can he give? Isn't he Joseph's sons? And Joseph was a carpenter. Was not even a civic leader. Hata hakuwa, hata nini? Semanga nini wakikuwa na semanga hata munanda. Hawezi kuwa a leader of uh, cattle dip. You know the, those of you that, you know those cattle dips in the village? There was somebody who has been assigned responsibility of taking care of it. Yeah, so when the, the kikuyus want to, to show you that they, you have no, you have actually no qualities of leadership. You are even told, hata hiyo wezi uka, ukapata. Uzijaribu kutuambia unataka kuwa kiongozi wetu wanakuambia hata kama ni ile ya kato dipa tutakupati you have no qualities these guys were oppressed in their own country a savior comes announces himself and tells them apostle Joshua this scripture has been fulfilled today what you have heard has been fulfilled in your hearing today. But, isn't he Joseph's son? The sixth thing that he was going to do to them, he was going to proclaim the acceptable ear of the Lord. That was going to change the seasons, the age, the period, because it's a new year that is going to be proclaimed. This month is the beginning of the month for you. It's the beginning. Things are not going to be the same again. That is the unpackage that he had come with to announce to them, I know that you have suffered for ages. I know that you've been humiliated. But today I come with good news. The kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom will unlock everything else. But, isn't he Joseph's son? That's where the problem is. So what happened to them? 
If you read through, I can quickly read that. Jesus said to them, Surely, you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, Do here in your hometown what you have heard, what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, No prophet is accepted in his home town. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in a religious time. When the sky was shut for three and a half years, and there was a severe famine throughout the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any one of them, but to a widow in Selafath, in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy. In that time of Elisha, the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. He picks a story and he talks to them about what they are familiar with. He said, I know what you are expecting from me. But I know that a prophet is never received in his hometown. But I want to tell you good people that there were many widows during the time of Elijah. And there were many people with leprosy during the times of Naaman. But Elijah was not sent to all the widows. He was sent to one. Why this particular one? The Bible does not tell us why God chose him. Chose her. But I can make my own conclusion that this widow God knew that she has a receptive heart. That she will receive the message. Yes, she was in need. And she was about to die. But God was not going to let her die. Because she had a heart that would receive the message. And the messenger. She did not tell the guy, no, we know you, Elijah. Are you not the Tishibite? Are you not the one that has given us trouble? Remember there was a guy, he said, are you not the one that has given us trouble? Yeah? Ahab and Jezebel. But this one received the message. I want to speak to us today. We are men here. The message of moving to the next level has been delivered. But the question I need to ask, how many will board the plane, the aircraft, and take advantage of what God is doing today? Or are we going to behave like these Nazarites? They missed it because of familiarity. Our major problem today it is what we know. It's actually not what we don't know. It is what we know. It is the experiences that we carry. It is the religion that we have. Because there is what it has taught us. There is the order that it has told us this is the order. There is what it has said this is the normal way of doing things. So that when he comes differently, they will not accept. Familiarity is a big problem. That's why you need to identify what are the former things in your life that you need to do away with so that your spirit can be able to receive the son of man when he appears to you. Your spirit can be able to receive the message and also receive the messenger when he comes to you because they failed to receive him. And what happens? When they missed him, see what they did. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. 
but he walked right through the crowd and went away on his way. Now think for a moment. A visitation. God coming to his people. But because he came in a familiar form, they miss, miss him. They are not only now rejecting the message. They now want to throw him off the cliff and crush him. How many times have we rejected not just the message, even the messenger. And we are planning to throw him to the cliff because he did not come the way we've been taught. My prayer for you today is that you receive the spirit of liberation so that you will understand the season that we have entered into and why God is taking us away from the past season. Let me tell you something that I believe. You see, all through, humanity has lived their lives. And God has allowed him to do what he wants. There has been a lot of inventions and discoveries. Man has discovered this. Man has discovered this. Man has invented this. Man invented the aircraft. Man invented the bab. Man invented X-ray. Man invented the car. Man invented. Man invented. Man invented. Man, 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 man. Today we are in an era of technology. Whom are we praising? Man again. Where is God? Nobody is talking about God. Even though the scripture says in the last days, knowledge will increase. They are not even quoting that. They are just saying how advanced we have become as human beings. Today, we are developing things. We have gone to the moon. We have gone to the stars. We have gone all over. We are even now trying to go underground to find out whether there is another live underground. And all this we are crediting to who? Man. But the question you need to ask yourself, where then is God in all this? And I want to ask you one question. Can the creator of heaven and earth, the inventor of life, the sustainer of the same life. Allow the beneficiaries of his creation continue to live and enjoy the same and they have no space for him. Can he do that? Forever? No. Even you. Who is a father? And you have brought up children. If they decide to ignore you and they are depending on you, you will call a kamukoji in your house. And you will do what is called dressing. You will read the lions. Act to them. For them to know, I am the father of this house. I don't care who you are. He's saying, I don't care who you are, and you know who they are. They are your children. But they will know that day that you are their father. I want to tell you something. God in heaven cannot allow humanity to ignore him forever. Okay? Why? Because when he created you and he created me, He drew his breath to us. And we became living souls. And we became humans. All that we have, we owe it to him. I've always said that we are the only creation on earth that carries God's DNA. Because there was a contact between us and him 
when he was creating us. The rest of the creation he spoke and it came to be. You cannot fight God's DNA here, but he spoke and it was, it was done. But you are different. I am different. God is jealousy about you and me. He cannot continue to allow me to live my own life without him. That's why he is coming and saying, now time has come. The former things cannot be remembered anymore. I have to get back my own. Because without him, things have gone wrong. He won't receive honor and glory. Those inventions, he won't to be part of. He wants people to say, God has done it. He wants someone who will say, God enabled me. He wants someone to say, I was in prayer and I got this revelation and I invented this item. And then he is glorified. Because God wants humanity to glorify him. He wants everything that you do, everything that you have, Whatever you become at the head of it, he is the one who is receiving honor and glory, but not you or anyone else, which is the tread today. We have glorified human beings. We have glorified institutions and governments. God is nowhere. We talk about the UN, we talk about big governments. And when they sneeze, since we are told we catch cold, because the big government has spoken. But where is the creator of heaven and earth? Where is the one who came? And he said, today this scripture is being fulfilled in your ears. The captives need to be set free. The blind eyes need to be opened. The broken hearted need to be healed. The world has no answer for the broken hearted. If they had, we would not be having broken homes and broken families. With all the inventions, there are things that we can never fix with what we have. We still need God. And God is looking for this person that will say, I totally depend on you. Time is against me. So I must close. But before I close, let me take you back to Isaiah 65 from verse 17. And we can close with that. Are we there? Verse 17, this is what it says. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. Or behold, I will create a new heaven and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered. That's God now. He is putting an affirmation. The former things will not be remembered. Before he was telling you, now forget the former things. Now he's saying, they will not be remembered. 43 was telling you to, trying to plead with you to, to forget them. Now he's saying, they will not be, rem be, be remembered. The former things will not be remembered. Nor will they come to my because he will put his foot on the ground. He will have his way. Whether we like it or not, we have entered into what I'm calling a God season. The season that we have enjoyed all through was man's season. Where man was allowed to do whatever he wants. Now we have entered into another season. And it has started. This is God's season. And God is going to have his way. And he will not allow the former things. He will not allow the familiar things to dictate to us anymore. He will not allow the knowledge that we have acquired with time to be the one dictating and guiding his revelation. When he comes, you will say, I have come. Put aside the knowledge that you have. Listen to me first. Because the Bible says, all our wisdom gathered together is like tattered rugs in the eyes of God, isn't it? 
So who is this that thinks that he, now, he knows everything? Who is this human being that has entered into an era where he thinks that he can do anything and get away with it because he has created a computer that can now do whatever he thinks he can do. And he thinks, oh, this is the real thing now. The computer now. Do you know now the computer can operate on you while you are still while you, you are in your house and the doctor is in the US? I'm a trader and I trade on Bitcoin. Let me show you how easy that you do not need to go to the hospital. They can arrange and organize things, and the doctor doesn't need to see you. That he can use equipment to work on you. And then when man does that, he says, "Now I know I am the cleverest person on earth. There is no other being." And they say, "Then there cannot be God, because we have done this." How foolish human, is, human beings are. The Lord is saying, the former things will not be remembered. There are things that are going to change. There is a shift. The world cannot continue to live, to, to behave the way it has behaved. God is going to bring disorder to what man has, spoke, has called order. So that his order can take effect. Amen? The former things will not be remembered. Nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice. I've got good news for you. That I'll embracing the new thing. That I'll happy to enter into God's season. That I'm ready to abandon the former things. The former life. That I'm ready to do away with what we know. And we are saying, Lord Jesus, it's only you that I need now. Nothing else. Thank you for the education that you, give, you gave me. And thank you, it has reached me this far. But it cannot take me where you are. I need you. Thank you for the money that God you have given me. It has helped me to educate my children. It has helped me to build a good house. But God, nothing can compare with your presence. These things cannot bring me near you. I need you. I'm ready to abandon them. I'm ready to kneel down. I am ready to lie on the ground and shed tears. We were being taught the other day. That tears is a weapon that many of us do not, know, do not know and do not have. But when tears go before God, they speak volume and things start unlocking. Because God sees a broken heart. God sees a person who is saying, Lord, without you, I am just but nothing. But with you, Lord, I can do all things. Do I have people in this house that are ready to tell God, it's only you and not anyone else. That I will abandon all the things that I have. Can I have the worship team? Do I have those people in the house? And then he says, For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. And I like, uh, I don't know whether it's his team who put, you know, edited that and he says, For I will create DC Gomlod to be a delight and its people a joy. We are not being proud. We are only saying, God, we have accepted and we have realized that we cannot move on without you, that we need you. And we are saying, as a church, we surrender our lives and ourselves to you. And then he is saying, then I will create you to be a delight. And its people are joy. Praise the Lord. Are we ready to Saleda? And he says, I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. See what will happen. The benefits that come to you. When you surrender your life to the Lord. When you say God from now henceforth. It is the new thing. It is the new thing that I want. I want more of you. I want to enter into your presence. That calls for going before God and saying, God, I thought I knew you. But now, I realize I don't know you. I want you more. I will rejoice over Jerusalem. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days. What a joy. That when we enter into God's season, things change. Diseases reduce. Infant mortality will not be talked about anymore. 
because no one will die an infant in his presence. The one who dies at a hundred. Wait a minute. Old, or an old man who does not live out his ears. One of our greatest fear today is that we'll die before our times. When we enter into God's season, you will live until you are tired of living. And you will not be old. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is great. Amen. They will build houses. And dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. How many times you build a home. Or you are tempted to build something. And your neighbor or someone else comes and takes it. Because we are in man season. When we enter into this Godly season. What is yours cannot be taken away from you. By anybody. Even governments will not be able to take away things from you. Because God is your protector. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant pioneers and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them. Or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen one will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain. Nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune. Praise the Lord. Those of you that are getting married, please be happy that you are getting married in the right season. For there will be a people blessed by the Lord. They and their descendants will with them before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Amen. I want us to stand on our feet. Please, let me give you a few, just a minute, one minute is sufficient. I don't know what you have received. I don't know what God has said to you. Please, just talk to him over that thing that he has brought into your life. What is this that you need for? To forget and do away with. So that you can enter into the new season. The season of God. Hallelujah.